Welcome to Coached Soul, a podcast for a better you. Your host, Steve Hudgens, is a licensed professional counselor, and your co-host, Julia Canton, is a therapeutic coach. Together, they discuss various topics, providing a different perspective on life and insight that you are not alone. On a non-emergency basis, you may contact them at area code 918-280-8690 or coachsoul.com to provide them with new topics, feedback, or to request an appearance on the show. And now, here's your host, Steve Hudgens. What a week it has been, Julia. (laughs) It has been a roller coaster of emotions and roller coaster of uncertainty of information. And I know the last time we talked, we talked about this new state bill that came out for Oklahoma. And in fact, Connecticut is the only other state connect to the health information exchange program. Mm -hmm. And what does that look like? um, Especially from a client and then from probably a therapeutic view. Do you yes. want to start off as being a client and I can be the therapeutic uh, viewpoint? I think that's a great idea. And I think it'll make it a little bit easier for some of our listeners to understand kind of what's going on. So let's role play this just a second. Sure, we can do that. And then towards the end, I do want to leave some room because I have talked to a state representative who at great length last night and clarifying what does all this mean for everybody in the state of Oklahoma? Okay. So you're coming to my office. Yes. And I've got some things, Steve, that I want to share with you, but I don't, you know, I don't know what is kept confidential between you and I, and what do you need to share how do I know that you're going to keep what's important to me between you and I? Good thing you asked. I have this big, huge toilet paper, thick yellow page book. No, I don't. That's the tax code. Sorry. Wrong, <laughs> wrong file. Yes, wrong file. No, I have a consent, informed consent for treatment. That talks about my fees. It talks about the privacy and things of that nature. And as a condition, I take confidentiality very seriously. And the way we do that is if I see you in public, I'm not going to run up to you and say, hey, Julia, what's happened between you and your husband? Mm -hmm. It's not like a soap opera, okay? I don't want to be caught up to what is happening. If you want to come talk to me and approach you to me, great. If your friends ask who we are, I don't care if you tell them you're, I'm your friend. Okay. That is up to you and how you want to handle that. But I am obligated to report any child abuse, any adult abuse, if you're going to hurt somebody or yourself. Those are the things that I am mandated to report and break confidentiality. And so is anyone that's over 18 years of age in the state of Oklahoma. Is that correct? That is correct. Mandated mandated reporters. Yes. There's been controversy surrounding even children. 
are we supposed to break confidentiality with our children? Well, parents need guidance on how to help their child to get where they need to be. Now, do I tell everything that the child tells me? No. Do I bring in the parent and the child? And I ask the child all the time, are you okay with me talking to mom or dad about this? And I'm willing to bring them in because I want to encourage that child how to communicate effectively with their parent mm -hmm. and not to fear that parent, but also help a parent to be able to have an open mind and being receptive to what that child is saying so that child doesn't feel like they're shut down. Okay. So, which I can agree with a lot of that. So what does this new statute require of me that we've been talking about as I'm, Am I going to be required to have to share my information with the government, with my insurance company, with other people without my consent or permission? That's a good question. And, and here's the caveat to this, because there seems to be some misunderstanding of what's taking place. The state representative I talked to last night for at least an hour on this topic as it sits, only because the state recognizes HIPAA, they recognize our Title 43A of the private confidentiality between the client and the therapist. Even an attorney cannot subpoena me and say, hey, I want your records. Because the client has a sign or release of information. And I always say I can neither confirm or deny this person's in my care. And it has to be a court order from the judge to release the information. But still, it the client has to release it. If it's a criminal investigation, I can talk. But when it comes down to the state bill, only if you are willing to opt in. So you say, Steve, you know, my medical care, I want my doctor to know that I'm having trouble sleeping. So if you want to opt in, that's it. But here's the problem. According to the bill, my notes are not updated. It doesn't get uploaded into the system. Uh -huh. Now, therefore, as a private solo practicing therapist, if you want to participate, we can, but you have to have a release of information and I'm going to be very specific with you. What do you want uploaded into medical records? Okay. So it's not carte blanche that everything that we discuss is going to be forwarded into the records. I can specifically say I'm working with a sleep specialist. And I need them to, I need to verify with them through that I've taken therapy. We've worked on meditation experiences, breath work, whatever. I'm still not sleeping. And so you can be a professional verification for sleep only. You can, that can be the information that you upload into the system. Am I following correctly? As a therapist, I can only answer to that question because right. I'm not a sleep specialist. Okay. But if you went to one and they want to see my documentation, they're not going to have my notes. So my access to the system is useless. 
That's the reason why they're not mandating therapists to hook into the system. What they're mandating is like a psychiatrist that prescribes medication. You know, when I was talking to him about this, he says, I don't, he says, I don't want to be disrespectful, but nobody wants to read about your notes about CBT therapy and how you handle such a situation with a client. We don't want the notes that goes against HIPAA. Okay. Thank you very much. So you're telling me as a therapist, I don't, I'm not mandated to join. No, I have to be a prescribing party, a licensed professional, you know, some psychiatrists or LPCs, sometimes some colleges or LPCs. He's saying those who are medically prescribers are there now. Medication. Medication. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because they want the continuity of care. Because when I worked in the hospital inpatient, I, I've heard psychiatrists say how some of these children that have come into our care were neurologically hurt because some psychiatrist prescribed lithium. Mm -hmm. So they want to take all the medical records, St. John, St. Francis, Laureate, because there's yeah. your psychiatry. Right. And they can potential prescriptions that are written. There you go. Okay. Okay. So well, it's not your secrets that are being divulged. Okay. Well, that's good to know as a client. I'm curious, and this is just a sidebar here, um, that if it is a requirement that they that that they're specifically looking for individuals that can write prescriptions. I'm wondering why chiropractors are being included in this because they can't write prescriptions. I have to figure that one out because my cousin is a chiropractor in Texas and some chiropractors can. Not that I'm aware of. I mean, it depends I on their medical degree and how they pursued it. Uh, well, I mean, if they have a medical degree, I understand that, but chiropractors, right. From my understanding is they're trying to fix the lingo. Okay. They only want medical records that have to deal with medication piece of it. Okay. okay. They can care less about now, as far as bigger agencies that have a psychiatrist on board, then they're going they to require them to be connected. Yes. And potentially all the therapists in that agency. Is that true? I don't and see I don't how they can be connected. That. Well, if you have an agency that has a psychiatrist, uh, um, and let's say psychiatrist, an MD, and, you know, it's like it's like a whole person type, you know, um, uh, facility, maybe four or five therapists. I'm just wondering if, and again, you may not know these answers, and this is just us talking this out sure. on podcast, but... Uh, what is, um, would it be that if the agency has to have the reporting to the Oklahoma Healthcare Authority um, for the psychiatrist, would it also, as an agency, be required for all of its therapists? Because it's a whole being, if you will, a whole facility or organization. So would the therapist in that case be required to From share? From what I'm understanding is no, because they don't want the notes. Okay. And from one understanding, when they update this system that you're supposed to connect to, mm -hmm. you're supposed to be a sensitive 
So when you mark sensitive, the, nothing is transmitted. Even mm -hmm. a psychiatrist, if they don't want their notes to be out in public, they mm -hmm. can mark sensitive and say, I don't want any of my notes out there. Even a medical doctor can say, I don't want any of my notes out there. Incredible. Okay. Okay. So there is power given by the medical authority and by you as a patient to determine what they want or don't want. Or what we want to share. Exactly. What we want to share. Right. So but here's, your, go ahead. Well, there's a problem. Okay. In 2008, I did not have VA benefits. Okay. Because they haven't changed the, the, the situation where all veterans were able to get covered. Okay. So I went to St. Uh, Francis to be seen. That was 2008. I haven't been to St. Francis since 2008. So what I'm trying to figure out is, is how does, I would recently been to OSU Medical and I've been to Hillcrest within the past year. Okay. I did not, I, I don't remember. Let's just do that. I do not recall a piece of paper that says, do you want to opt in on my health for your records? Yeah, I've, I've wanted under, it's under my chart. My chart, yes. Yes. And I'm gonna bet that what's happening and and on that because I got we we talked about this in the first podcast and I got to thinking because I was like, I've never I don't think I've ever signed anything. But I think what is happening as soon as you they give you the link and a temporary password, that as soon as you sign up for the account so that you can view what the doctor's responses are pay your bills immediately you have agreed somewhere in that process to be a part of the my chart system i agree with you and as looking into that system it does show opt out or what do you want to share or don't want to share oh interesting but okay. what's more interesting is if the medical care is medical records are supposed to be kept for a minimum of seven years so who's regulating these records? Uh, I mean, I got, I've got something that goes back to 2008. And I haven't been to the hospital in, gosh, what is that, 15 years now? So mm -hmm. who's regulating these records of old records? Well, I would think that they, the location of where the records were taken and that they have to follow strict HIPAA regulations for right. keeping it secure. So... I would think it's going to have to be either some kind of digital format or I guess so, there are still are some that are in paper, but. So um, if you can imagine where, where I'm going with this is there's 15 years of records going on here. Yes. I'm just one person. Yes. Yes. How many people are in the state of Oklahoma? How in the world are they going to keep this updated in this huge, large health information exchange and the servers. What's going to keep it from crashing and back? I know they have backup, but mm -hmm. how is it being stored? Well, I think that I think that you know that's definitely one concern. But I think that they need to take the initiative to tell people that there is an opt out. Because when you go in and you check in, for instance, with the receptionist or whoever that first initial contact is, 
they do not, they just say, read this and sign. Okay. Right. There is at no point do they go, okay, um, you have the opportunity. To, what they'll say is, is if you want to see the, the doctor will respond on my chart is what they will say. Okay. So when I go to a doctor's office, for instance, it is, there doesn't appear that there is an, another option other than to accept my chart. In fact, the way that it's presented is the doctor's response will be on my chart. Okay. Or your test records can be, uh, uh, results can be found on my chart. Not one time is it listed as, or are you told, if you don't want my chart, here is an additional option. We can mail you the result. It makes it seem like my chart is the only option. And so I think the Oklahoma Healthcare Act, um, in my opinion, with all this recording of information and exchange of medical information, one of the things that they could require, or at least highly suggest, is that you make sure that your patients and your clients are aware that they have another option, that they do not have to select being a part of this program. And then they still have options of making other, what, what they want to share. They can decide what they want to be a part of this process or not. And I suspect based on the MyChart experience, most patients are gonna be told it's the way it is or has to be, not that they can opt out. You know, that that's one of the, my concerns is how is how this has been communicated. So the Oklahoma Health Care Authority does say they announced the bill, but it was on their website. And it's just like any kind of board that meets in Oklahoma, they're going to publish on their website in regards to how they are going to announce it. And it's up to the public to view. But out of sight, out of mind, what public is going to go in and see what's being announced? I mean, that's having to look at the stock market every day to figure it out if you got to sell or, or buy, right? Mm-hmm. I don't have time to look at all that. So we stay busy. So the communication level has not been very, um, communication level has not been delivered effectively across the agree. board. Because you do have small solo practices of psychiatry, dental, even medical clinics have not heard about the mandate of the health information exchange program. Do I agree with that it can help a patient enhance their overall medical experience? It can, but it also could be a detriment because the reason why I say, and I'm not wanting to fear monger here, it has to be a choice of what you decide to do with your own medical record. Okay, but here's here's what happens. I get checked in at ER and I go to a regular floor because they want to observe me overnight. The person in the ER, the technician, logs in, has access to everything of my medical. The EHR friend that I have, not EHR, ER tech has access to these records. I asked, are you able, if a person was being seen at Laureate, are you able to see their information? Yes. Oh, wow. 
So now, yes, that person is being active in the hospital. I said, what if that hus that person checks out? Do they do you have access? He says it will flag me and I can have disciplinary action because I gained access into somebody that's not active in the hospital. Okay. But you get somebody in a domestic violence situation and their spouse works for the hospital, they're going to take that risk. And now the damage is done. Potentially. Yes. So now what do you do? So what I'm getting at is, is that this is not a foolproof system of privacy. Mm -hmm. It's just like you taking the risk of connecting to the internet with your phone without having a VPN. It's like going Wi-Fi in the airport. People can hack into your stuff. Sitting in the in a hotel, you're connecting to the Wi-Fi. Anybody can connect and, and hack into your information if you're not using a VPN. So you are taking the risk, a chance of what's being exposed. That's all I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. you have to make the choice yeah. but for a clinician well, I think... go ahead well for a clinician it is my duty to educate you of confidentiality if you want to opt in okay yes. i'm just going to let you know it's going to charge me a connection fee and either 20 to 50 dollars a monthly subscription fee to allow your stuff to be there and I will have to pass along the cost to you. Well, that was my next question. If th a therapist aren't specifically being targeted for this requirement, then are they going to be one of the exemptions? They are. That doesn't have to be? Okay, so he, they're not going to have he, to pay the 5000 or anything. Right. He also told me that yeah, they are working <laughs> on a $30 million grant to allow people to be connected to the system because they know it's cost. And so they're trying to get a grant for mm -hmm. those that have to mandate to be connected, that they will find some way of connecting. But if a therapist wants to, I don't know, say, Julia, I want to ac uh, access your medical file. You give me permission. I have to pay for the connection and service fee. But to my point mm -hmm. as a therapist, I do a thorough intake session. I wanna know what medication you're on. I wanna know your sleep habits. I wanna know your eating habits. So I take a thorough intake so that when we go and process, we can look at things holistically. And again, you have the confidentiality and you could tell me that you stole some beer from Quick Trip multiple times that equals over the $1,500. According to Title 43A, I'm like an attorney. You committed a crime. I can't say anything. Now, if you're going to say, hey, I'm going to go kill somebody tomorrow or I'm going to kill myself, I'm obligated to say something. It's going to. Um, so July 1st is when this is supposed to actually start. Correct. 
the the mandate is July of this year. There is language that the bill has passed, but they're also trying to get the language in to push it off for next year. Oh, okay. But regardless, okay. therapists are not mandated because there's nothing to report. Well, I think that ultimately what we're trying to do here and on this episode and the last one is just to provide um, accurate information as we are getting the information. So I hope this has helped our listeners to understand a little bit more about privacy, be active in your records. Be active about your privacy because we don't know what's going to happen. But I tell you, for me and my medical records, the VA has access to my civilian records. The civilian records don't have access to my federal government VA records. So what I try to do is to make sure that the information I provide is accurate so that something happens to me and I am incapacitated and nobody is there and they can't get a hold of anybody. At least they have that the doctor at the time can make an informed decision on what to do with my life. So it's worth a consideration. Yes. Until next time, we're hoping to get into attachment because I am attached to you, Julia. You're a great friend. So we're going to talk about attachments. And until next time, take care. Thanks for joining us today. We hope to have you back next week. Until then, be safe and be kind.